Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Chris Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Inc. Joyce, we, we have the Oscar nominations hot off the presses. This is the last fun day of the year because I do not like phase two. It's so boring. So it's over now. Uh, it feels like it might be based on the overperformance of Everything Everywhere All at Once, which had 11 nominations, Joyce, to lead all movies, including unexpected citations in sound, uh, in score, song, and costumes, I believe. We did not at any of those, right? I don't think. Um, no, but as I, as I was telling you before we started recording, I was feeling an overperformance for it yesterday, so I put Stephanie Hsu in dropped Dolly DeLeon uh so I got that completely right and then I was like I'll put it in sound and then that's the one category it didn't get that was the one it didn't get in but it got in all these other ones yeah Uh, because then I was like costumes I don't know I don't know if they'll go for the woman king um because I was also thinking about dropping Viola Davis which I guess I should have done um and so I didn't put it into costumes everything I went into costumes either but I I would have never I didn't legitimately think about putting everything ever into either of the music categories same uh so that was a we'll we'll talk about all this there was uh it definitely overperformed the other uh high nomination totals not completely unexpected uh banshees of in the sharon and uh all quiet on the western front with nine and then i think elvis had eight i believe and the fableman seven and top gun and tar with six that was how it broke down um yeah, so... So why don't we go through, Joyce, we'll go through our, our best picture, and we'll go through the, all the categories and talk about how we did. You ended up with 78%, Joyce, congratulations. Um, Thank you. I made, I, made, I made some changes, so one of them I still got wrong, so it was a wash, but, or, yeah, or two of them I still got wrong, I guess. <laughs> uh, And I had 75%. I went down Amazing. with the ship on my uh, on my Hail Mary completely not happening. Uh, Martin, uh, Martin McDonough snub plus- Because put, you just hate him. He's your new Amanda Seyfried. I put, in, I put in uh, Park Chan-wook and I had uh, El- uh, Baz Luhrmann in there for director. And then I had, uh, we'll talk about this when we go through, but uh, hilarious. You, just, you, need, you need to um, filibuster about why you hate him so much. When we get well, to I mean, I already tried. I told you, I think I, there's a very reasonable explanation for why I didn't think he was going to get nominated, but also he got nominated, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, so, Joyce, the best picture of the year uh, for the 2023 Oscars, right? The nominees were, and I'm going to scroll because the uh, Oscar website, not the 
Not the greatest here. This is why you just go on Wikipedia because it's all on a chart. It was all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Fableman's Tar, Top Gun Maverick, and then the last two spots went to Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. Triangle of Sadness, your favorite movie. So we got eight out of 10. I got eight out of 10. You got nine out of 10 then. Um, Yes, because I kept uh, PJ nominee The Whale, uh, which I'm fine keeping and getting wrong, honestly. (laughs) So The Whale was the the big miss here. I think we all, going into this, I think when we were talking the other day, we were like, there's nine set now because All Quiet on the Western Front seemed pretty stable. The other seven have been there all season. And then it was like Triangle, and then it was like The Whale and Triangle of Sadness or Women Talking or Babylon or Black Panther or RRR. Those were like the other options for 10. But as it turned out, The Whale missed. Triangle of Sadness in. Triangle of Sadness overperformed and yet still didn't get a nomination for Dolly DeLay on, which I think is incredible. And uh, Women Talking. But it, it got the, the amount that uh, most people were predicting yes. for it anyway. It's just the swap with Ruben right. and Dolly. So. And then Women Talking getting in there for Best Picture. Now, we don't know the order and who knows which ended up being the the last one to get in. I think people are assuming it was like Women Talking because the others felt so safe. Uh, but there we go. Great nomination for Women Talking. Also got the adapted screenplay nomination for Sarah Polly. Um, yes, but no score. Shocking score mission, which actually maybe when we get there, we could talk about how that was the one where it felt like we've said all season, there are so many scores. And I just wonder if it was almost too competitive and that's how we ended up with like some people missing and like everything everywhere overperforming there because it's their favorite movie, basically. Um, well, this woman talking making it in um, by the skin of its teeth also means Frances McDormand has yet another Oscar nomination. Pretty great. So, um, and she's uh, in the movie because she's a producer, but she's in the movie for like 15 seconds, basically. Mm-hmm. So a lot of great nominations here. Uh, Steven Spielberg is, I think, his 13th pro- a nomination as a producer, I believe. Um, or 12th sure, as a producer. Yeah. 12th as a producer, and then his 13th movie that he's directed that is a Best Picture nominee, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he's uh, on his ninth Best Director nomination, which ties him for second with Martin Scorsese, just and behind he's... William Wyler, 12. Mm-hmm. And then he also got his first writing nomination. Which is great. We love to see it. Tony Kushner, a two-time nominee this year, Joyce, because he's a producer on The Fablemans and a writer. Love to see it. After his uh, screenplay snub last year, he's like, I'm getting that producer credit this time. He, he's got to get that second nomination. And he did this year. Or, I mean, we're, whatever. But uh, Todd Field, a three-time nominee this year for producing Tar, writing Tar, and directing Tar. Tom Cruise is an Oscar nominee for, for Top Gun, even though he didn't get a Best Actor nomination. Good job. I mean, that was expected. So I don't know. Not news. Not news. <laughs> just nice. Uh Nothing here, best picture. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like we said, like all of this makes sense. Triangle Sadness was uh, definitely made sense as a nominee. And Women Talking getting in there is heartening, I feel like, because like it is a good movie. And while the tea leaves were kind of showing that it was going to get just left on the side of the road, uh, it was not. So that's good. Yeah, it's, um, I'm very happy it made it in. Um, it was not looking great for a no. really long time. No. Um, and you know it like the just the fact that Riz Ahmed paused for an interminable amount of time before the last one. It's like which one is it? Well, what it were you expecting? What were you expecting there at the end? Because you knew it was because they do it alphabetically. So what else would it have been? The Woman King? No, it was not going to be the Woman King. I was like, it's it's either going to be the Whale or Woman Talking. Right. 
because the, uh, the penultimate one was triangle of sadness right that's right 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 so uh highly but then, but then because like with the whale already missed adapted screenplay i was like i don't think it will be the whale mm -hmm. and it wasn't uh a brief word on the on the presentation i loved it i thought riz ahmed and allison williams were great they they knew all the names it was amazing i'm very happy i mean we knew they were already bringing back the press conference format um and they had a good rapport not too many jokes no. uh, but enough you know and i'll tell you and what here's how you know uh, riz ahmed and allison williams are great actors is they were given some pre-scripted uh banter about megan the movie that Allison Williams is in and executive produced, as they said, the big hit here at the box office. And uh, it was Megan 2.0 coming in 2025. So really bad banter, I thought. And they sold it great. Where Riz is like, is Megan here? And uh, she was like, no, no, I told you she'll be fine. And it was like, not good, but it was, they, they did a great job selling it. And I was like, this is charming. They well, were you great. know, they go way back to girls. So they know each other. It's great. I was kind of surprised they didn't mention girls for each of them or even reference it. But I was like, I don't think they shared, I'm trying to think of the finale there. I don't think they shared a lot of the, any scenes, right? In, in well, it doesn't matter. They were both on the same show. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't. They weren't like connected on the show. Maybe they didn't even meet on the show. You don't know, right? I guess, and during the production. But, but they're uh, both girls alums, which is what matters. Love to see it. Um, so that was best picture choice. I think uh, right now I'm going to say everything everywhere would win, but we are not going to do our, our, our final picks yet, obviously, or any picks, but I'm like, Gotta gotta be the favorite with eleven nominations and how it performed. Yeah, like I said last week, I think it is gonna be the guild player. Um, so I don't really, I could see it losing PJ, but not really. I, like maybe Top Gun could beat it PGA, but even if it wins PGA, I think everything everywhere could still win the Oscar. So, right. Uh, for best director choice, the nominees were Martin McDonough, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Scheiner, Steven Spielberg, Todd Field, and Ruben Ostland. So you got four out of the five. You were on Edward Berger. We all were like, no one's gonna, no one seems passionate. Yeah, about and, Edward and this morning I was like, <laughs> when I dropped Dolly for Stephanie, I was like, should I put in Ruben in director just to have another triangle nomination? Because like I still was not feeling Ed. Sorry, Ted. Um, Nobody was. I should have done it, but then I was like, I'm making too many changes at 7.30 in the morning. Nobody was feeling Edward, and I was like, part of the reason why, I, I was like, obviously I didn't think Park Chan-wook was going to get nominated, though I did see people like tweet, I think Chris Tapley tweeted, like he's like the, the directors I talked to. God knows who Chris Tapley knows, but he was like, oh, the filmmakers it's I talked to. just everyone on Netflix, so. <laughs> Whoever he knows, he was like, the filmmakers I talked to who predicted like Powell Pawlowski and uh, Thomas Vinterberg are like now on Park Chan-wook for this year. And I was like, that's good enough for me. I'll put him in uh, because like- You're so again, easily swayed. I mean- I am I, easily I, swayed. I would- understand doing that maybe like seven months ago but decision to leave sadly just never took flight really no so yeah. that's the problem and it wasn't like he wasn't really materializing anywhere else during the season so I was like I can't do him even though he on paper fits the profile of like the highbrow international pick right so and that's why I was like leaning Ruben even though he missed the BAFTA long list so and then he got in yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is there any real actual snubs here? I guess Baz Luhrmann would be made. I mean, I thought he would get in. I didn't think he could do it after the DGA snub because he should have made DGA if right. he, uh, well, not want, but like uh, to, to uh, you know, boost his status as right. a directing contender. 
Uh, uh, but we all kind of knew that DJ nominee Joseph Kaczynski would miss here, correct. sadly. Uh, the other, I mean, obviously, and then a, a very popular uh, post on the trades, Joyce, is that no women were nominated here, but I didn't think any but were we, seriously- That was expected after in the, race, the last right. couple months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah Polly not nominated, Gina Prince-Bythewood not nominated as well, but it would have been honestly a major shock if either one of them got nominated, I think. I mean, it would have been deserved nominations, to be clear, yes. but it was just the way the tea leaves were reading. It was, they were not going to happen. No, not, not at all. Um, I will say, again, it seems like most people would probably say that Daniels here are, are favored to win based on everything everywhere and how they've performed. I really think you can make a case for Todd Field, the way it performed in this nominations it got for Tar. Tar also overperformed in a big way so, um, because I really wanted to put it, like we talked about last week, I wanted to put it in both cinematography and editing and I didn't do it. <laughs> so I had it in cinematography, which I went down with and it got in not editing, but I was like the way Tar performed. And I just think there's a world where he could win. I, I really do. I think he could win best director and we'll see what happens at, DGA, I guess. Maybe the Daniels are seemingly favored there, obviously, based on how the movie's performed. But yeah, I don't know. I think there's a real real path for Todd Field to win. Um, but we'll see. So are you off of Steven? I think Steven would probably be in third if I was going to rank them right now. I think I would have to put the Daniels in first just because like they're clearly the favorites at this moment. But I would put Todd in second and Steven Spielberg in third, yeah. I think Steven would still, he would need to win DGA. And even then I wouldn't be confident in predicting him for the Oscar. I think I would agree as well. Uh, for best actor choice, the nominees. We got were, five for five. Oh, we got five After for five. All that. <laughs> I mean, what else? like I didn't even, nothing really to say. We, I think when we did the predictions on this, we spent about two minutes on it and what are you going to say? Because there Austin was Butler? nothing. We were just defaulting to Paul. Congratulations to Paul Mescal. So. Uh, all of them are first-time nominees. It's Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, uh, Fraser, Paul Mescal, and Paul, Bill Nye. Yeah, the last time uh, it was all uh, first-time nominees here was at the seventh Oscars, I believe, for pretty obvious reasons because it was early days. <laughs> so not many previous nominees when you're that young um so i think going into the, like last week when we after the well a surprising pga nomination and then did really well at bafta let's say because i think it did i think it got four out of four that it could have gotten in i think brendan fraser was like a an ascendant reascendant uh prediction for best actor to win but now that the did well you put missed, him into first i i didn't put him into first but i'm also like or maybe I did, but it doesn't really matter based on the nominations. But I'm like, now I'm like, uh, I don't think he's in first based on how the whale performed. I guess we'll see. Um, I I did not. I know people moved him into first. I didn't put him into first. I still have, or I did have Austin in first. And so, so we, you, I mean, Austin and Colin definitely are in the stronger movies and they're both the best picture nominees. So uh, yeah. Brendan maybe still is in third. And I think if the whale would have gotten that best picture nomination, that would have been a better sign well, for him yeah because he needs to pull a jeff bridges right so, so and no offense to brennan fraser but not exactly jeff bridges yet no and it feels um, like just looking at this and like the way the whale performed and then when the way the season is played out i would say it almost feels like a 
here's your like the nomination is the reward maybe for him right like it obviously more than the yeah win. and then I, w- I was talking to someone about this a couple days ago um about whether or not we should be predicting the whale in picture and screenplay um because i was like darren Ivanovsky's films tend to underperform at the oscars like black swan did really well at bafta i think mm-hmm. got like 12 or 13 nominations and i think only got five at the oscars you know and it it happened again so we had i had the whale out all year after we saw it and like the way it performed like in screenplay too even though it was high in our odds i definitely had it out for a while and then i just threw it back in after the pga nomination and the bafta awards but i should have just stuck to my guns maybe and just had it not in as it i think i would have kept it out that even with the pga nomination um if the both of those categories or the bottom tier of best picture were a lot stronger right because it was just like what do we put in here it kind of felt like it was people were defaulting to the whale because they obviously saw it because of Brendan and Hong Chow and like it was performing in that capacity. But uh, no. So now I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I still think this is going to this should be a very competitive race all the way to the end, I would say, based on like how the other nominations. So who do you out. think is winning SAG and BAFTA? I still think Brendan could win SAG. I mean, I really do. And so I would probably put him in at SAG and then Colin at BAFTA. And then I still think Oscar Miller could win at the Oscars. It just feels like the most Oscar-y performance of those three. But it would be great if Colin Farrell actually won, I think. I'll be rooting for Colin Farrell based on those performances. Yeah, same. I, I mean, I want Colin to win, but I've I've never had Colin in first. The highest I've had him is second. Right. Um. I I don't think he'll win SAG. I, he can win BAFTA. BAFTA is also before SAG this year, so they wouldn't be copying SAG. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Banshees did well over there. So I don't know. Like if if Austin won SAG and. Hmm, I mean, yeah, because like Austin can easily win SAG. So if Austin wins SAG, then I think he'll win. I'm expecting Brendan to win SAG because it feels like the sentimental pick. And I just, for whatever reason, think SAG would be more amenable to that. Yeah. And I could still see him losing with SAG because they're just a lot more basic. Yes. So, but then I don't know, like, so Austin winning with just the Globe then if he doesn't win BAFTA would be tough but i mean i do think it's like a three-person race here no offense it is. To Bill it's, and it's for sure and brendan took a hit today so i would put brendan third out of third i think i had we had i think i had brendan third out of third until like last week and then moved him up higher because of the way the whale performed at these other precursors but now i'm back down as in the end uh should have stuck to my guns as it turns out but that's why you need to sit with things and wait before you're just way too reckless. Well, I mean, you got, I mean, you had the whale in all those categories too. You just didn't move. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't move Brendan first. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, you, uh, who, after you saw she said, immediately moved it to second. I mean, so. she said is a better than, like I mentioned last week, better than all the best, like many of the best picture nominees. Uh, but alas, it got no nominations, uh, not even adapted screenplay. This felt like, I guess, overall, I feel like, watching the nominations play out this morning, I was like, oh, it really is just like the Emmys where they have their faves and then they're not actually going to stray very far afield from those. Yeah, and it's, um, I mean, thank God they don't have an unlimited ballot 
right here right but it was but that was also why I was just like I'm gonna do double noms for everything everywhere in supporting actress just it was like they love this movie so I'm just gonna do it and and they you know they both got in so um and yeah like those like they're like coattail noms for that in those categories too so yeah I think I mean in for in that case in particular I think they just love the movie in general um and then I think it's very top heavy this year too right like it's I, I think there's not a lot of like mid tier stuff that people are passionate about, and then right. there's kind of like a drop off to more polarizing stuff or things that just completely flopped. Yeah, you know, and then like something like even even if they're good movies, but they flopped, and right. some are bad movies and they flopped. <laughs> right. I mean, like I was looking, I was thinking, like for the a lot of the like Paul Mescal alone acting nomination, we'll get to Brian Tyree Henry here in a minute, and like Anna de Armas as lone acting nominees, I feel like the three of them specifically were pushed forward by their incredible visibility and also uh, more so than some of these other movies, right? Or like, so like Woman King, like would have been great to get in a couple of spots, but it felt like it wasn't as visible as these other three performers individually. I think it was visible. Like they were campaigning that, like they had so many Q and A's, like Viola was everywhere and obviously it was an early release, but I think like for whatever reason the industry just wasn't into it like we, we right. talked about this last week like michelle williams having the stronger film and the industry just seemingly not responding to right. woman king like in this sag ensemble which it should have gotten in this pga which it, it should have gotten yeah so uh so best supporting actor brendan gleason brian tyree henry which i predicted i had him in joyce i went for it i went down with the I know, we talked about this i was like Great. i can't do him because i want him to get in so i'm just loved I'm it not so much that was a real pleasant supply surprise. Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans, uh, which I'm not surprised looking at it now in hindsight over Paul Dano because it's a more broad uh, performance. But I just didn't think the movie was liked enough to get him in for one scene. But obviously it was Barry Keoghan for for Banshees and Keoghan who's going to win for Everything Everywhere. So that's um, Judd just Judy Denched Paul basically. He did. We were talking about who's the Judy Dench of this year, and it was Judd. Yeah, he did. He did get into Critics' Choice, um, but with six nominees, I think. Yeah, so, so they got all of these. But this, um, yeah, so this, I I dropped Eddie because I was like, I I can't go through with it because I told myself for a whole damn year, I was like, he's gonna miss the Oscars. <laughs> I was like, I can't predict him. So then I went with, I was like, who's gonna be the J.K. Simmons this year? Just like the easy, lazy checkoff. Yeah. So I just did Brad Pitt. Right. But it was Judd Hirsch. Yeah, I got four out of five, then two. So you and I both got four out of five, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Judd I know, Hirsch. no, I got, I got three. Right? Oh, you got three. Yeah, I, I don't have Brian. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, Judd Hirsch, yeah, great. I mean, like I, like I said, we talked about this the whole time. Paul Dano's performance is amazing, but it's very subtle and not really Oscar-y, I felt like, or like you'd have to actually pay attention. And in a movie that people seemingly were like, respect, but don't love, maybe that performance kind of gets a little pushed to the side. Whereas Judd Hirsch is coming out and like just exploding off the screen for 10 minutes. And it's the thing people are leaving the movie talking about. And so I'm not necessarily surprised he got in, I guess. It's also funny because, you know, like way back when the Fablemans was um, the presumed double nomination film here, Mm -hmm. way before Banshees. 
right was so and then paul dano and brian were similar in that these are you know two you know very respected beloved hardworking actors who's worked with a ton of people over the years and it seemed like people were waiting for the right moment to nominate them and paul obviously has a stronger film than brian does <laughs> like he's he's the lone nominee here um but yeah it just like he just doesn't have the passion i don't even know if there's passion for judd's performance but it's more memorable I think there's more, it's definitely more memorable. So that helps from a passion standpoint. I think I would wonder, like, do you think, I don't think it's possible because like, obviously the Batman wasn't a big hit, but do you think there's any world where like the fact that he was also in the Batman for Paul, like kind of like slightly dinged him? Do you think anybody was like, oh, I want to vote for him for Riddler? No, who the hell would care about that? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, more people that? saw it. So like, I would imagine even in the Academy, more people saw it than, than the Fablemans. Um, but I don't, I don't understand how your brain works. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but like, why, why would that hurt him? Well, cause maybe he like split his vote. Is it possible that just- But Barry was also was... In, in, in the Batman for a hot minute. Right, but not, not credit. I, I just feel like, is it possible that if it's very, that, who knows? Cause they don't really release the vote totals. Well, but... I don't think anyone was nominating him for the Batman. I'll put it that way. Right. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Uh. But anyway, like you said, we're not really going to talk about this one that much because Q Kwan will win, probably. Yeah, um, probably like never again until our final predictions. <laughs> but uh, we know what's happening here. Congratulations to all the nominees. <laughs> it's an honor to be nominated, Joyce. Uh, Best Actress. The nominees were Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna DeArmas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Failments, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Ever All at Once. Uh, I think we both got three out of five here, Joyce. Yes. Um, yeah, well, we were talking about how uh, it was a coin flip between Michelle, or maybe it wasn't, Michelle Who Williams knows? and Viola Davis. Um, and then, because Michelle had the stronger movie. So she survived the SAG snub and the BAFTA half-juried snub. Yes. Um. And she also survived pundits' predictions of her in supporting. A lot of the top, top pundits, Joyce, the top men in this uh, racket had Michelle Williams in Best Supporting Actress. And uh, they were wrong. She did not get in for Best Supporting Actress, which I think you and I, we said last week when we did our predictions, that felt like the least likely thing that would ever happen. Compared For the other, for the three outcomes for Michelle, it was snub, Best Actress, and then way down the list, Best Supporting Actress. And that maybe bared fruit, obviously, because she got in for Best Actress, so. Um, yeah, and then Andrea Riseborough. So Andrea Riseborough. We, we uh, did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. Francis. <laughs> Francis uh, Fisher has Instagrammed her reaction, and I think she's so overwhelmed that she just reposted Susan Blakely's post congratulating Andrea. So I feel like, a lengthier post will be coming soon from Francis, but also uh, maybe not the best look for her since she repeatedly said that Viola Davis and then later Danielle Deadweiler were locked for nominations <laughs> along with Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. So 
Anathormis got in, like we said, because it seemed like the industry really did enjoy that performance or respected it at least, uh, even though film Twitter hated the movie. And then Michelle Williams gets in, perhaps by the skin of her teeth, but in a stronger movie than Viola Davis and Danielle Deadweiler and Margot Robbie. And then there's Andrew Riseborough with her 200 strong uh, celebrity endorsements, let's say, uh, to get her in. You know, Mary McCormick opened her Brolodex. Yes. Called all her West Wing pals. So, uh, and so got Mary- those, those 218 votes, number one votes you need. Uh, that was it. She got the number one votes. I mean, like, it was definitely uh, a coordinated campaign, but good for them because the movie, I don't even know what studio it was, Joyce. I got to be it's honest. Momentum. Uh, so, not compared to something like. And also, like- I, I watched it last week. So, oh, what you yeah. think? Uh, good performance. Yeah. It's actually, it's a very old school indie film. It's like yeah. a total Sundance movie, really. Right. Um, but good performance. Uh, Alice and Janney, uh, uh, rem- like very kind of like I, Tanya, uh, hillbilly elegy, uh, key right. there, but she has a good final scene. Uh, the, the ending is kind of too convenient, but I mean, you know, it's fine. Um, so I should watch but, it then. I haven't seen it. Yeah, go go watch it. Yeah. You, you, have, you should be a completist and see all the Best Actress nominees. I mean, I will. I've seen all the other ones. So I'll watch uh, I'll watch Two Leslie. Uh, yeah, but so missing was Daniel Deadweiler, who we all kind of had in. That what I would say is the biggest snub of this category, more so than Viola probably. Because like we had said, there's not yeah. as much maybe passion for the Woman King and Viola felt like the fifth it would have been like a yeah it wasn't just it wasn't a number one like a Meryl Streep nomination for her here um so Danielle versus Andrea people are are pretty uh pressed about that snub it seems Joyce though I would say like Till definitely had the the backing of MGM and Orion and Amazon so seemingly much bigger machinery to get her a nomination than Momentum did for Andrea Riceborough yeah they definitely have money for the campaign because the whole reason behind the two Leslie campaign was that momentum has no money. Correct. So if they just had to do like the, like chain emails and chain Correct. Twitter posts and Instagram posts and everything. It was grassroots in that it's definitely not organic, but it was targeted to the right people at the right time. Yeah, no, it was completely calculated. Like, but like, you know, good for them. Like they, you know, it's not against the rules. I understand why people are upset, but right. this is this was their gameplay, and they pulled it off. So it's definitely not uh, against the rules, and it's definitely not uh not anything anybody else wasn't doing. Seemingly, right? Like we said, like everybody's campaigning for these, so they're doing it in different ways. The idea yeah, is to get like nomination. Jamie Lee Curtis, like completely in your face. Like, like I don't care. Do whatever no, you want to do. Totally fine. Your, like you know, you don't even need to campaign. I I would never campaign because it, it's just way too much work, and I'm so lazy. I am so lazy. <laughs> And I would just pull an Olivia Coleman and just like hide in my house the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was just um, such a like shock to people because it it really did feel like it came out of nowhere because no one was talking about her at all. She just got um, Andrea. She just got the Spirit nomination mm-hmm. back in like November, yeah, right. And it was like you know a combined field of ten now. So it, yeah, and it wasn't like she was like getting regional nominations here or there, really. So it it felt weird. I, I get it. But, you know, it's like, 
you do what you need to do. So it's, it's just another campaign, another way of campaigning and yeah. it worked. And, um, and then with like Danielle, um, you know, I think it's, it's funny because even though, like you said, like she's backed by Orion and UA, um, NGM, like that umbrella, you know, after last year of their, the snubs for Lady Gaga and Lana Hyam, like, maybe they're just not that great at pushing their contenders through because they also had women talking this year. Like, you know, thank God they got the Best Picture nomination. Yeah, but, you know, like at one point, you know, we thought it was getting double noms and supporting actress. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They've not gotten a lot of nominations for their movies, right? Or their their performances, at least, let's say. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's like, that's Danielle performance. I I think like it's... Her, the film, I think, is also, like we've talked about, you know, it has low visibility and people might uh, be less inclined to watch it when they have their screener pile in front of them. Mm -hmm. And she was going to be a low nominee. So once I got to say, once it missed, like when they did all of the, I had it in for song, you got in for, for Diane Moore and you stuck to your guns, but then I was like, oh, that's great. And then I still expected Till to get in. But then when I saw the everything everywhere song got in, I was like, oh my God, what is happening here? So, um, but yeah, I was like, you know, I think when it missed there, just again, it felt like she was going to be a low nominee. And while we've, there are low nominees here, obviously Andrew Riseborough and Anna DeArmond. Last year. <laughs> it, it, well, and also right here, right? Like two of the, two of the five here are low nominees. I, I think there was more passion for each of these performances than there was for Danielle's, right? Like, I guess. I, even the Yeah, end, like, we, though, we knew there was passion for Anna's performance. Right. And, and yeah, like, you know, like, this category is the least tied to Best Picture and right. even other nominations for your film. Um, and it just ended up being, like, there was not, you know... Danielle's in the end did not have we we were talking like it felt like a number like a big number one getter but I think in the late season here Anna and Andrea came in as a bigger number one getters perhaps I don't even think like Anna came in last minute like Andrea did it's like I think she's always been quietly right that's having good. like she's always had that support it was just that you know film twitter does not like this movie uh, most audiences sure. are repulsed by this movie um and, you know, I think people were anti-dicting it because they didn't want this movie to be acknowledged because they hate it so much, even though her performance is great in the movie. And, um, you know, however the movie turned out, it's through no fault of hers. I, you know? It's funny, too, because, like, when you talk to people who don't necessarily, even people in, who are media people, who don't pay attention to this as much as, like, we do, when I was mentioning Anna Armas, even like last week, I was like, oh, well, she'll definitely get nominated. Like we all, ex like we expected at least. They were just shocked at the person I was talking to. He was like, what? Anna the Armas? No one's even talking about that. I'm like, yeah, no, it's like just, they're not talking about it because they don't like the movie. On yeah, they don't, they're anti-dicting her. Yeah. In real life, it is actually happening. So it's always fun uh, how, how this Yeah, works. like she hit, I mean, we, we already saw signs of that because that she had the international support because she made London critics. Right. You know, and then I was thinking also um, when I was predicting her for the BAFTAs like two weeks ago or whatever, like she made the long list last year for No Time to Die, a movie I've never seen, obviously. So they, I mean, they like her. I, I would say for her and for her and Brian T Tyree Henry, I think they're in the same boat. Two really popular performers who people have been waiting to nominate for something. And this year they were able to do so. 
Do you think she was, uh, even though she's not in the movie, helped by Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery? No. Like, it's like people are reminded that like, oh, she's in the first one and I, I like so. the first one. <laughs> I don't think so. But I do think the fact that she was in No Time to Die last year and had like a bunch of, a lot of press over the last like two years had helped her like kind of get here for this. And like we said, playing a real life figure and especially in best actress always feels like a she's nominated against another oscar nominee for marilyn monroe michelle williams yes so. uh, for supporting actress joyce uh we mentioned this before but angela bassett hong chow carrie condon jamie lee curtis and stephanie sue i went against jamie lee curtis i just dropped her out at the end and put dolly delay on it but uh i should just kept her in because i knew they loved everything everywhere so that was wrong yeah this um yeah, I got five out of five because I, I put in Stephanie. So um, I don't know, not, nothing really to say here. Um, congratulations to Angela. It does feel like Angela Bass will she's, win she's an Oscar. The first, uh, yeah, she's the, she's the first uh, actor to be nominated for an MCU film and uh, it's going to be the first one to win. So when we first saw this, you and I both were like, the movie's fine. I think we all, we it, I think it ended up with how many nominations? Five or six this year? I think five? Let me uh, look. Five. And so it missed Best Picture, which would have been a six, but it had did like- you keep it, did, it in Best Picture? I did, because I really thought it would have like a lot of support and it did have five nominations almost as much as like, it would have, could have gotten in for Best Picture. It would have been like six, like Top Gun, you know? It kind of had like a similar path, I argue. Um, but when we both saw it, I, I'll just speak, I was like, there's, I saw people like saying like, Angela Bassett, definitely an Oscar nominee. And I remember thinking like, this is, that is nuts. Like, I don't think so at all. Just straight up. I was like, it didn't, watching the movie, I didn't think she was bad. It just was like, it no, didn't it even was, I, I felt the same way. No, we talked about this way back in November. It was like, it was a great Angela Bassett performance. And I don't mean any shade at all yeah. that she can do in her sleep. And I was like, it didn't even occur to me while watching it, that it was like going to be an Oscar nomination. And no, really and, and yeah, it was the same thing with me. Cause like, like they're like you know the the social embargo had already lifted before we are screening and people right. were like praising her but then it was also just like you know people are always like you know on a screening high and they want to be the first one to like tweet about a movie and get their likes and retweets you know and then like make these uh, declarative statements sure. about things that will happen in the awards races so it was like okay whatever and like i never expected her to be bad she was she was great but it was just kind of like okay like would I nominate her for this? Probably not. <laughs> so I, I thought the same thing. And I'm like, I know you think, I know I'm a hack, right? And like, everybody thinks I'm an idiot, but I was like, oh, like there's no, like a lot of people out of that screening, you're right. We're like best at, she's going to win. And I was just like, some of those people do that a lot about everybody more so than even me, I would argue. Um, and I was just, I'm just very surprised it's turned out this way. I think She's obviously helped by the fact that she's Angela Bassett and the narrative is incredible. The performance is good. And the fact is like at that time we were still expecting maybe double women talking here, maybe like, you know, a lot of other performers. And it just felt like as everyone else fell off, she seems like the most obvious pick. I think Carrie Condon would have been a great winner here, but she just hasn't won anywhere. And that's like, it doesn't really seem like it has taken place. She has the most um, critics awards her Metacritic scorecard, which mean nothing. Right. Um, but like, you know, she does. Um, yeah. So like e even my regular friends who've seen Black Panther Wakanda forever, like I've asked them, like, do you, would you nominate Angela Bassett for an Oscar? And they're like, what? No. It's pretty it's like, they, like, again, they don't think she's bad. It was just like, it was just 
a, a very good Angela Bassett performance. But no, like I, I agree. I think it's her, the circumstances um, for her path to winning now, uh, they are so specific. And like these variables just happen to perfectly line up for her because her arc in this movie would be completely different had Chadwick Boseman not died. Mm-hmm. And they made the sequel that they were originally planning to make. Well, how do you mean? Because she, she, I thought she was going to, like... We but had, but uh, no, but I mean, like, because he died, there's, like, additional gravitas. Oh, I see. You know? Okay, yes. Like, like it's, like, the movie is different because so, he died. It is like, different because he, she died. he died, yeah. Like, Ryan Cougar rewrote this, the movie. So it, died. And then there's, like, even even if like the the plot were going to be was going to be exactly the same even if he didn't change any of that um but he had died i i think like that is on in the back of people's minds like even if like he was always going to kill t'challa like i think um you know you just like you can't forget that you know and um and, and obviously spoiler alert if you have not seen the movie she dies in the movie so then there's that and she dies protecting someone too and then she has um two you know oscar clip scenes yes i so i know you go ahead you go first and then yeah like we you know like assume that women talking could take up two spots here you know maybe just one um, and and then you know way again like way way earlier <laughs> last year, people thought Michelle Williams would be in here, and she's not. It, it so is that just completely opened up the category, right. and we were having trouble like early in the fall, just kind of filling out the slots. Like everyone had like double women talking, and then it's like oh, like is everything everywhere gonna get in here? And this was before Jamie Lee Curtis was like, I'm gonna come hang my ass off, you know, so. I, I think it's that and then like Carrie who is um, amazing in Banshees and would be a great winner as well I you know she obviously does not have the legendary status of Angela Bassett right. and like I said last week I do think the Globes set her on this path because even with her nominations at the Globes and Critics Choice I don't think anyone was legitimately thinking oh she will actually win like maybe they were thinking she'll get nominated but once she won the globe and gave that great speech people were like oh you know what like i want angela bassett to win this legendary queen who has never won an oscar exactly right uh and if you look at the category now it's like stephanie sue and and carrie condon are definitely welcome to the welcome to to the to the club basically nominations hong chow feels like uh we have seen you it's like a brian tyree henry like, type apology for like, downsizing <laughs> missed for downsizing and also someone who has been on the cusp of like an oscar nomination and then jamie lee curtis has the veteran nomination but her narrative is usurped by angela even though she's in the strong yeah, like movement. they're they're both the veterans and overdue in different ways yes um i'm very excited i mean like it's great that angela bass is gonna win an oscar and i'm I definitely think the Marvel movies in in general should have Oscar winners. Like, I still think like Michael B. Jordan should have probably won for the original Black Panther. He's so good in it. Uh, it's a great performance. But it's just amazing to me that this is of all the like you said, it's definitely very clear when you like kind of lay it out how this how we got here. But it have like of all the Marvel potential nominees, this is like I feel like a little like 
I would have not expected it. I guess even like even like last month, let's say, I would have not expected it to be so locked up. No, like I mean, last month at this time, I think I was just predicting her for the SAG win and like for her to still like possibly miss the Oscar nomination. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think once again the Globe's so influential. Yeah, well, I mean, like we we it it reminded everyone it was like award her now. (laughs) The the televised speeches matter. I mean, they really do. And if you believe like people still like that could end up if Kate Blanchett loses to Michelle Yeoh there will be people who are like Kate Blanchett's speech at the Critics Choice Awards that was watched by less than a million people uh will have cost her an Oscar because they found her ungrateful even though I don't yeah, think but you know what was. Kate Blanchett shouted out Andrea Riseborough so she, she got her that nomination she did uh so let's go adapted screenplay Joyce I think I got three out of the five here but I'm so absolutely thrilled i was so i was uh dropping my daughter off at school and watching the listening to nominations the way home from school for i had it were up you on in YouTube. The, were you driving while watching the nominations i wasn't watching it but i was listening to it so i like i you could like it was live streaming on youtube so i was like i didn't miss a thing but i had it up on on my like car play and when they said top gun maverick i literally was like fuck yes i was so excited in the car hands off the wheel <laughs> truly hands off the wheel like this hell yeah uh but the nominees are all quiet uh glass onion knives out mystery which i was very pleased by because i do love the movie and ryan johnson so that was awesome living top gun maverick and women talking what a great list of nominees Honestly, i have no issues with this lineup truly i i do not <laughs> so i was disappointed she said didn't get nominated because i do think that was a great movie it, and it would have been like it, it it honestly it's okay like getting what we got here I'm the, okay with it being snubbed. Unreal. The Tabka nomination is so fucking great. <laughs> like, U.S. scripter, U.S.C. scripter nominee, Tabka Maverick, now an Oscar nominee for its script. <laughs> so just an amazing, amazing nomination. And if you look at the nominees, it's just great. Aaron Kruger, who uh, wrote one of my favorites, this is the first nomination for him uh, as a screenwriter, but he wrote Arlington Road, Joyce, which I loved as a, as a youth. Of course you do. Uh, he also have, wrote what like like three transformer movies and i think he wrote scream three as well which is the weakest of the screams but still that was the last scream i saw in theaters uh eric warren singer who is a nominee for american hustle uh with david o russell even though i get the sense that david o. russell completely rewrote that movie and then uh they both were credited though uh, good for eric warren singer and then uh christopher McQuarrie, a former oscar winner obviously for usual suspects uh, nominated here as well, and as a Best Picture nominee for producing Top Gun. Just the best. I'm so thrilled by this nomination. It I am very me. happy with it, and I know some people are pressed, and they think like the script is that. I don't think it's bad, and I, we talked about this last week, so I'm not going to repeat myself, but or maybe a couple weeks ago, but I think the script is great. Like, it's really, it's it's simplistic, but I that's why it's good. Like, it's so lean. There is no fat in it at all, and it sets up the stakes really well. And it's, I, I think, you know, even though there are some scenes seem repetitive, I don't think they're repetitive in the way that a lot of the action scenes and stuff in Everything Everywhere are because they're laying out the parameters of the mission. But every single scene with the, the mission class scenes, it's, there's like a, an additional aspect to it. You know, it's like the time element and stuff and like all these training stuff. I... Um, and then it's just like, you know, when, when he goes rogue, Maverick goes rogue into the and does the run himself in 215 or less than 215 you know there's I, I think it like step by step it's it's constructed really well and I think because it is so simple people think it's bad and it's not worthy 
I think it's, I mean, I will say in this era of blockbuster movies and this like IP drenched era that we're in, this should be a screenplay that they actually teach people who are writing these movies because the way you're exactly right, the way it tells, it lays out the stakes of the story, the audience by the end of the movie, the reason, I think one of the reasons Top Gun Maverick has done so well and been such a phenomenon at the box office and so beloved by seemingly everyone who has seen it uh, is because of the way the storytelling is laid out in that script. You know exactly what's happening by the end of the movie. You could tell every single beat and it like, it's a great way to do it without hold. It's not necessarily hand holding. It is just like the way no. they've told the story is really well thought out and planned out. And I'm sure that's like a Chris McQuarrie thing, just based on like how I've seen the Mission Impossible movies, because I think he's like really good at telling this kind of story. Um, but it is just incredible. It's a really well done script. It really is. And I think like it's yeah. great that it got nominated. <laughs> and and I think I've mentioned this before, but it it does a really tricky thing that a lot of sequels and reboots and revivals have failed or struggled to do and it's introducing the new gen and making you care about them when you the og fan of the original just are in it for maybe the nostalgia and the original characters yes. but i cared about all these new pilots from the second they met at uh, or we meet them at jennifer connelly's bar <laughs> i loved uh who um monica bavaro right of phoenix Phoenix and I'm even watching it like I've seen it like three or four times and even watching it like the last time when like their her plane gets hit and obviously they don't die and this is a spoiler alert but I don't care because if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick at this point like whatever wait you mean you mean the bird strike when the bird strike happens and they like are gonna crash I was like with Bob I'm so I'm so emotionally connected to those two characters I was like still even like on the last time watching like oh no I I know I I, I, like the thing is like so when I saw it like even when when Coyote went into like Mm G-Lock I never thought any of them were actually going to die and even when Maverick gets shot down and you think he's dead and they're looking for him I was like they're not gonna kill him off like but I really was like yeah, invested in it. Like yeah. I didn't cry like you did, but well, I, I didn't cry that hard. But yeah, like I was like, I'm into it. So it, it makes it, it it's hard to do with you know simplicity. So um, I'm happy it got in, and yeah, these other ones, um, like Glass Onion, I I took out just to put in the whale, but um, I'm happy to be wrong. Same. Uh, I'm very excited that Glass Onion got. This is a great list of nominees. Like you said, I'm so excited Sarah Polly got in. She deserved to get nominated. It felt like it was maybe. Her tweets are going to be amazing. I'm hoping she could still win, though I'm actually ready to make the case for Top Gun, to be perfectly honest. So get ready for that. I actually, so (laughs) so I I had Sarah in here without Woman Talking in Best Picture, but now that Woman Talking is in Best Picture, I do think she can win. Although you would say like All Quiet is obviously stronger. I think All Quiet is stronger, but I think you're exactly right. And based based on the narrative and based on her specifically, I think she's such a winning uh personality on um, like i feel like in phase two she'll really be able to kind of flex in a way that some of these other movies would not maybe you know what i mean like maybe, she just you know she loves top gun maverick so maybe she'll vote for top gun maverick and not herself i mean who knows i don't think so but uh i would love for her to win but like i said i'll be ready to make the case for top gun and i think the other nominees are were expected and uh yeah a very happy living got in i think it could win the bafta i don't know about the oscar same um but there you go for original screenplay joyce we got all five uh it was banshees everything everywhere the fablemans tar and triangle of sadness i assume after sun was sixth 
but uh, there you go. Didn't you have After Sun? I, I did, mean... but I switched it to Triangle of Sadness because I was just like, it's obviously the stronger movie, even though I didn't have it in for Best Picture. Like, there's no way that After Sun was strong enough, especially after the BAFTA performance. I just felt like that was like a canary in the coal mine. Yeah, After Sun should have performed better at BAFTA. <laughs> right. So it made me think that it was a slight movie that uh, got the Paul nomination and people really were passionate about, but not necessarily passionate enough to give it two nominations. Yeah, and I would say, you know, again, no shade to him. Like, he was lucky to get that nomination. And then so. for this, uh, like we mentioned, this is the Steven Spielberg's first screenwriting nomination, so that's awesome. Um, Are you going to do Banshees or Everything Everywhere? I'm going to go Everything Everywhere. I just think it's going to steamroll. I definitely think it has a... I, you, I actually think it might have a better shot of them, the Daniels winning here than it, they do at Best Director, even though I think they could win both. But like I said, I think you could make a better case for Todd Field than I could for Martin McDonough. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think definitely if they want to reward originality, like they tend to do in screenplays categories a lot of times, then yes, everything everywhere. Yeah. Um, but for strictly a script perspective, I would do Banshees. So I don't know, again, I don't know if they even care about spreading the wealth. I, so like, obviously, like you said, like everything ever could easily just sweep all this and it's going to win WGA because Banshees is ineligible there. Uh, WGA nomination is not out yet. No, we don't have ACE or WGA nominations yet. Um, <laughs> Amazing schedule. Um, but yeah. And so like Martin, he's already an Oscar winner um, for short, but he did not win for um, three bow boards for his screenplay because he lost <clears throat> to Jordan Peele for Get Out. But I think in that case, it was like they wanted to award Jordan Peele and that was the best place to do it because he was obviously not going to win Best Director mm -hmm. because Guillermo was winning that. Right. And I don't know. And here, like you could, if you if you do think this way, you could be like, I can give the Daniels best director and do Martin here if you do want to spread the wealth as a voter. So I definitely have been in, in the years we've been doing this choice. I've been thinking about this. We've talked about three cycles of Oscar nominations in the last uh, three years. And I've always been the spread the wealth guy. And you've always been like, they don't, they just vote for what they like. And now this year I'm like, you're absolutely, I just don't think they think that way. I think they're going to be like everything everywhere. Yeah, they they, they like what they way. like. Yeah. Yeah. They like the movie and it is the most original. Like Mark McDonough's, I think, you're right. It's a probably a better script and certainly more memorable to me, though I know obviously everything everywhere has a lot of fans, but I think the dialogue is better in Mark McDonough's script and the way he kind of creates those relationships and characters. But I could see you liking either of them, but the fact of the matter is from an originality standpoint, everything everywhere is definitely more like get out in that aspect and like Banshees is more like three billboards in that it is still like a movie that people maybe have quote seen before, right? Like all his movies have like a Coen Brothers-y vibe to me. And it's like, they're not, they're original screenplays, but they're not original ideas, let's say. And I think Everything Everywhere and Get Out are more original ideas. So I would not be surprised if Everything Everywhere just wins here. It kind of, it reminds me of um, Jojo Rabbit beating Little Woman because I, I don't hate Jojo Rabbit like a lot of people do. I'm just like, it's whatever, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But that is uh, the high concept script. And I think Little Woman, uh, Greta's adaptation is the better script and a better adaptation. Definitely. But and it was so obvious that JoJo was winning. Oh, yeah. 
uh, for international film choice, one surprise here, I guess, but we had four, I had four out of the five. I don't know if you had, you did, I had, but they were all quiet on the Western front. No kidding. Argentina, 1985, close EO and the quiet girl. So I had decision to leave over EO, but we both put the quiet girl in after the BAFTAs, I believe. Yeah. I, uh, I also got four out of five cause I was doing the close snub just like a BAFTA. So I also had decision to leave in there. Oh, and you had EO. I thought close would get in because it makes people cry. So yeah, yeah, we talked about this last week. It's like the basic pick. So and I would assume All Quiet is definitely the front runner here and feels like a great spot for it to win. Uh we're among nine nominations. It just seems like a no-brainer that would win. Um yes. I was thinking, I was like, I haven't actually, you know, perused this closely, but I was like, what else can it win besides international? <laughs> it has nine nominations. <laughs> I think adapted screenplay could easily win, but I do think Sarah Polly will end up pulling ahead there. Um, but it is like the big book, like it's a mem- like a acknowledged, like memorable book, right? Like her, yes, it's a very famous novel. <laughs> so uh, for animated feature choice, the nominees were, I got four to five here as well. I think we all did, or most of us, you and I, you did too, probably, but Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell, Puss in Boots, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. So I did not have The Sea Beast. I had uh, something else, I believe. I, I have Wendell and Wild. I had My Father's Dragon. I saw a lot of people predicting My Father's Dragon because of uh, Cartoon Saloon's uh, past uh, success here, mm-hmm. but I felt like uh, it didn't have a lot of support uh, or the movie didn't have um, as much support as its past films this time around. Yeah. But it didn't matter because I got it wrong anyway. So. <laughs> I get the feeling that this one, again, was a, a number, there were four incredible locks, and then the fifth spot was the Sea Beast, probably, and it was a thin margin of error between whatever it whatever missed and the Sea Beast, I would argue, right? Because, like, it just seems like there wasn't a consensus vibe here, and so very slim margins could have made the difference. Um. Yes, um, but uh, GTT, gonna pick up another Oscar, so. So let me ask you this, I think so too, but I would say Pinocchio very much underperformed. I was expecting three nominations. It got one because it missed both song and score. So is there a world where Marcel actually gets a win here on like the campaigning of A24? I think just like his status will just push him over the edge. Probably. And it's like, they all know who he it's is. In the title. He, has, he has Netflix. Yeah. His name's in the it's, title. It's like, it's like Tyler's Perry's Pinocchio. So yes. <laughs> his name's right there so it's easy to know that you're voting for Guillermo and everybody loves him and you're right but I do think it's closer it's closer this morning than I thought it was last night based on the nominations I also don't think they think about this category too much in relation to the other categories because I think a lot of them you know um I don't agree with this but I think they they see like animated and maybe like docs and international films as like others you know, like some right. people feel like they should not be like best picture nominees because they have their quote unquote own category. So I don't right. think they think too much about whether or not it made score and song. Right. Um, next up on my list, I have documentary. Those nominees were All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Sprint- Splinters, and Navani. Now, I saw a lot of people predicting snubs for All the Beauty and the Bloodshed and Fire of Love. So if you did that, you lost because they both got in. But I got four out of five because I did not have House Made of Splinters uh, here at all. Uh, I didn't either. I I had I kept Fire of Love because I feel like 
uh, last year, um, Questlove and Summer of Soul, they defied um, the archival footage that this branch tends to hate. So I felt like Fire Love could get in. Yeah. So that, and it did, so. And this is another category where it felt like there were four lock nominees then to me, at least, even though I know people, like we said, were predicting snubs for Fire of Love and All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. But those felt like the four locks. And then the fifth spot, I think I had Descendant in there. I don't know. I think you had Territory, maybe? I did have Territory, I guess. So it feels like, again, there was probably a, a thin margin of error between the last spot and whatever and those other movies. Um, but yeah, we'll see what ends up winning here. I actually don't know. I mean, I could see Novani winning, honestly, but... I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think most people probably go for all the beauty. Yeah. Um, for cinematography, Joyce, this was a a this was a shocker. I would say. I think I got three out this of the. Is, this five. is the most shocking thing of the day for me. <laughs> probably me too. The nominees were All Quiet on the Western Front, James Friend, uh, Darius Kanji, Bardo, Mandy Walker for Elvis, only the third woman ever nominated in this category. Roger Deakins, his 16th nomination, I believe, for Empire of Light, and then Florian Hoffmeister for Tar. You'll notice we did not say Top Gun Maverick and Claudio Miranda, who everyone expected would just win his Oscar here. He's won. Let me go let me go to Metacritic and see how many awards he's won. <laughs> so, um cinematography. Hold on, this is great. Um, oh my gosh, where are you? Cinematography. He has won, according to Metacritic. Uh, 21 awards this season so far. And the next closest is Hurte van Hotma for Nope with five. So no Claudia Miranda, which we thought was one of the locked wins for the night. <laughs> yes. Uh, pretty shocking. So we- I don't know, like, what do you think happened? Do you think people just assumed he would get in? I think it's win? that- and I also think there was a lot of, like, I saw a couple of headlines recently where it was like people were the FX, like, there was a split on how the FX were discussed. That it was like a lot of people were like, it's all real. And then they did like a, there's more special effects shots in, in Top Gun than any other movie, basically. And so I wonder if people were like, like Avatar didn't make it in here either, obviously. And like, maybe some people yeah, thought- Yeah, but that, that has been underperforming. So I- it has, and I, I took it out too, but I'm like, I wonder if they were dinged for the perception of having too much special effects from this branch. Um, I don't, I don't think so because it's not like that's been an issue with past nominees. Um, I, I feel like maybe with uh, Avatar's case, like maybe they're just kind of like, over it after the first one you know it it kind of reminds me of lord of the rings and they it won for fellowship of the ring the first one and then they never nominated again for the other right. two it was just like oh we awarded you we're done with you right moving on so i think that might be what happened with avatar but yeah top gun that was i was like all ready to hear top gun Maverick and then Tar, which I was very happy about because we talked about last week. I was like, I wanted to put Tar in so to I, cinematography and editing, and I didn't. Um, I kept it in for cinematography. And I actually think I could again, I think it could win here for cinematography, Tar, based on this list of nominees. I think I would say like Tar or Elvis would be the top choices, almost more so than all quiet. 
And then I think Bardo and Empire of Light come behind in the end. I think Tar could win, though. It's, yeah, I don't know what to do here now that he, uh, Claudio's not here. <laughs> so Tar, like we said, overperformed all season, seemingly, in cinematography, it felt like. And mm-hmm. I just think the movie is the strongest movie, even though Elvis had more nominations. I don't know. I just think it's I mean, like, Elvis has been overperforming too in cinematography. Mandy could easily win. I could see that happening for sure. And it would be like a great way to honor the movie. But again, like we said, are they? I, I think I'll get other else? crafts wins before right. cinematography. But yeah, you just, we need to recalibrate this whole category now. Uh, but yeah, I was very excited to see Tar in there. I think Empire of Light. I will say one thing. Here's a, a data point on Top Gun, and maybe we should have expected it. At the uh, at the New York Film Critics Circle dinner, I, I one of my, who is someone who was there spoke to uh, Claudio Miranda off the record and he was like, or he was just like, he was so heartened to have won that award because he said, it's not the type of movie that wins awards for cinematography. And he was, it was an unexpected choice. He was felt it was unexpected for him and he was very excited. And looking at this list of nominations, I would say he was right in that it is not, you know what I mean? Like I think his instinct that it was a surprise that Top Gun Maverick would get recognized for cinematography compared to some more artistic endeavors like Tar, Empire of Light or whatever. uh, I mean, to be fair, I don't think anyone a year ago at this time thought Top Gun Maverick would be getting what, six nominations? So, but it it does have great cinematography. It's unbelievable and, cinematography. I can't, yeah. I, it was truly a shocking snub. I would say that's like, to me, that's the biggest snub of the day. Yeah, this one is the most shocking, like more so than like Andrea Riseborough or anything else. I would agree because I think like Daniel Denweiler would be a snub that people were unhappy about, but it was not totally unexpected based on how she performed. But Top Gun Maverick was in every, like like you said, it won the most everywhere. Well, okay, so, so not to double back to Best Actress, but you know, like we said, just said, you know, Top Gun has won 21 cinematography awards and it got snubbed. So I guess it truly does not matter. Danielle Detweiler won, let me see. Cause it's a, it's just been a two woman race in Best Actress, obviously. So she's won, according to Metacritic, four awards compared to 20 for Kate Blanchett and 21 for Michelle Yeoh. These are the critics award awards, like globes and stuff. Right. Uh, but, you know, I think, if we go back to um, like October after Till's uh, premiere at uh, New York Film Festival, when you know she was just getting raves out of it, and it it felt like she was going to have a lot of that backing from like regional critics too, and she didn't get a lot of wins here, right. you know. So, so yeah, maybe like, it doesn't matter. Cause like she didn't win a lot of these awards and she got snubbed and Claudia Miranda won a lot of these awards and he did get snubbed. No. Um, but she was, so what she won the Gotham, right. And then she was snubbed at Indie Spirits. So we, this, this was like, you know, there were clues already back in November. Yeah. We, I mean, I, not to double back, but like, yeah, I definitely had her in and out a lot. I took her out for a while, but I think I put her back in after she got in at SAG because I was like, well, that's good that she's getting like the support, but I would have not been surprised if she missed it, SAG, based on how she had performed throughout the season. And the fact is like, everyone's campaigning for everything. And like, obviously Andrea Riseborough didn't win anything. So like, there's no chance for her to win, but like you think back to the Gotham Awards, Daniel Deadweiler didn't attend and there was no viral moment of her speaking that like arguably helped launch Kiyu Kwan and Troy Kotzer last year to their steamrolls, right? Because their speeches were like widely shared uh, and like celebrated. I, I would so, say it, 
it was definitely the start of Troy's campaign last year because I don't think anyone really had him winning anything but I would say he was already the front runner and that was just his first win so it was just like we're we're ready to go here. we're on the train right yeah um for costume design joys the nominees were Babylon Black Panther Elvis Everything Everywhere All at Once and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris a great category I got four out of the five everything everywhere overperforming gets in for costumes yeah. I chose the wrong category to add it in so I mean, in hindsight, it's not a surprise at all that it got in because it definitely, I always feel that this one, it's very flashy in your face costumes. That's right. And it has like the very obvious, like there are memorable costumes from this movie and that that is probably, and it's a beloved movie, obviously, and that's why it got in. But I love Mary Zofri's for Babylon, Ruth Carter, obviously for Black Panther. Uh, Catherine Martin is a double nominee this year, right? Because she's a producer as well for Elvis. So um, Um, yeah, and then also a production designer. So she does the, she does both. Does um, both for Boz. But I think Ruth Carter probably winning here again. But maybe not. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I wouldn't say she's as a slam dunk as she was the first time. No, it's not like, a lot. I, I can see Elvis winning. I can see Elvis winning both um, this and production design as a pair. Yes. Uh, let's do that one next while we're here. Production design. Hang on. My, my my list is all messed up. Hang on. There it is. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, Babylon, Elvis, and the Fablemans. So I missed the Fablemans, Joyce. You had it, I think. I did. I dropped Black Panther and I put it into Fablemans. So I got five for five. So why'd you drop Black Panther for this? When it won previously, and I'd argue the sets and production design is greater in the sequel, even though the sequel's not as good as the original. Um. Yes, and, and new sets too. But then I was I was just thinking it might be unfairly compared to avatar Hmm. and i wasn't dropping avatar no so um and then uh like we talked about last week fablemans period set pieces and it's more subtle but um like steven's films tend to do well um in crafts It, it didn't this year really like you know in this editing and uh, cinematography but uh it's it's rick carter again and so i i felt like just based on like their resumes and uh the periodness that how it's just more different than black panther which is maybe too similar to avatar yeah uh, it'll get in. And then just based on the precursors, like the guilds and everything, production design has been the most consistent category for the Fablemans. Right. So. Smart. Uh, nice. I don't know. Smart. I don't know if it'll win, but <laughs> I don't know if it'll pull a, a Lincoln upset like it uh, Rick Carter did 10 years ago. I feel like Elvis would probably be in the lead here. I don't know. Yeah. Um, for film editing, Joyce, like you mentioned, uh, Banshees, I mean, Sharon, Elvis. Everything Everywhere, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. I think I got four to five here. Let me look. Do, 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 do. Um, yeah, I didn't have Tar. I didn't have Tar um, either. I had all quiet. I'm very happy with this nomination. And again, I think it speaks to the strength of Tar. While I don't think it'll win Best Picture, obviously, it was a very strong, it overperformed, I would say, here. Too. So let me ask you this. Um, while the nominations were happening and especially during the first batch. 
everything I remember was obviously overperforming. And I was like, oh, Michelle Yeoh can totally win. But then the second batch, we get TAR nominations for editing and cinematography. So I'm like, it's overperforming too. Like there's nothing else that TAR could really get. Like you could say maybe it missed supporting actress for Nina Haas, but like not really. I, so then now I'm just like, are we back on even ground between the two of them? Like they're both clearly very well beloved within the industry these two films and tar obviously had a lower ceiling for nominations than everything everywhere did i kind of think kate is still in the lead i know people are like want to have michelle or like hope dicting michelle's win and obviously she would be great winner um and they're kind of like trying to i feel like it's throwing hail marys to get kate like knocked out of her perch like by harping on her Craig's Choice Award speech or, you know, like whatever we want to say. But I'm just like, I think in the end, it does feel like she is still the Daniel Day-Lewis of this race, right? Like, it's just this like an undeniable there will be blood type movie and performance. So you don't think even if everything ever dominates, Michelle will I don't. get swept up in it? I think Kate would still win. I really do. I I think I would still give the edge to Kate for now, too. Um if just, like Michelle wins BAFTA, yeah, then I change my mind, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm not expecting that. And I actually don't even expect her to win at SAG. I still, I think Kate actually could still win at SAG. She could, yeah. Um, but I, I think like just that group and how the large the voting body is, I think that favors everything everywhere. Yeah. So, um, but so would you, if, if Tara had not gotten into editing, and cinematography, would you still think Kate is ahead? Probably not. Or I mean, if she was ahead, it would be a lot thinner margin, I would say. They clearly like, it's like Tar is not as beloved, obviously, as everything everywhere, but it is, they obviously love Tar. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like people were thinking this movie would not do well or you know, or maybe like, like way back when in the fall, mm -hmm. like maybe it could just be like a lone nominee for Kate or maybe just like two nominations. I think you, you, you dropped it at some point from best picture. I sure did. Yeah. No, it felt like, like it was a little more polarizing than it turned out to be. Um, But no, like they clearly like it. Like once Todd got into DJ, I was like, they love this movie. I was like, I felt so safe with him right. getting into director after that. I was like, he's the type who would miss DJ and then get into the Oscars. And like we've seen and like you said many times they're not necessarily super sentimental they're going to vote for what they like so while like michelle would be a, a deserving winner she's also the sentimental pick here i think right like compared to kate and so yeah and i i think like a lot of people you know do want to see history be made right. and you know have her be the first uh asian best actress winner which uh, it would be great you know um but yeah, I do like I do think they just vote for what they like and they could just like Kate more. They could like Michelle more. I don't know. I think it's going to be close, but I do think Kate won't prevail in the end because I think it's just like the performance feels undeniable and there's nothing really preventing the way the movie performed. There's nothing really preventing her from winning. You know what I mean? Like there's no like there's still no demerit. And there. again, as we've said, like that would be the place to reward Tar. Yes, too. exactly right. Um for makeup and hair, the nominees were All Quiet, The Batman, Black Panther, Elvis, and The Whale. And uh, I had Blonde in here. I had Blonde in here too. So we got four out of the five. Thought, and actually after Blonde missed here, I was like, uh-oh, maybe Anna doesn't get in, but she sure did. So it didn't matter as it turns out. Um, 
for original would you, would you do the whale here to win or elvis or the batman <laughs> i do think in the end the whale is the most impressive makeup and hairstyling achievement so i would probably have it winning but i think elvis could make a case too i don't know yeah um I mean, the uh, whale is like, say what you will about the movie, like the technical achievement of that makeup work is really uh, an impressive work, even if you don't agree with the work. <laughs> it's it's definitely the most obvious. <laughs> yeah, so, but it doesn't look, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look, you know what I mean? Like, I think it looks legitimately good. Ethically, maybe it doesn't seem like it's everyone's cup of tea, but uh, from a technical achievement, I think it is. For score, Joyce, this one was, uh, uh, again, just a little... Uh, a shocker, maybe? You're based on what ended up. It was All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees, Everything Everywhere in the Fablements, Women Talking Mist, and Guillermo and uh, Pinocchio Mist for Alexander Desplat. Yeah, um, Everything Everywhere. This, uh, the music branch loves this movie. I was actually more surprised by All Quiet, though. Over I was not uh, surprised by that much because... I, it just felt like it was something that could get in just um i mean it's not not my favorite score of so, these but going into this if you would have told me what are the top two in the nominations if we had to rank them i would have maybe said women talking in pinocchio so now neither one of them are nominated so will justin Hurwitz win here as the lone babylon winner or will like they go we go back to john williams winning like for this uh score and his like lifetime achievement award basically i or maybe they could just do banshees so, or they could do everything everywhere right I um mean, did you did you hear the person who screamed like yes when they read justin's name i sure did i was like <laughs> not, did I, fly, I was time. like did i fly out to la for this was that me <laughs> i think someone also screamed what during a uh, top guns screenplay nomination so that was not you no i was too busy yelling fuck yeah in the car so i missed that when they said it but uh I don't know what could win here. I really do think, I think Justin Hurwitz would be in the lead based on obviously how the score is performed and it's the most music. So that helps, but Babylon, I don't think performed incredibly well. I think it had three nominations. Um, so maybe Fableman's back in the front or maybe everything everywhere. I feel like Fableman's would just be, yeah, like a default thing. Like, oh, it's John Williams and we know he's like retiring even though now they're just like oh he's not really retiring just like right. maybe a little like half retired but i i also don't know how much they care about length of scores because there's not a lot of score in the fablemans no um, and like we said it's not bad it's good but and the, and the most memorable song is not his song it's like a bach piece so it's like I don't know. I mean, I it would be nice if Carter Burwell, based on this list of winners, I would love to see Carter Burwell win because he's never won. Yes. So, and I I love the Banshee score. The Banshee score is good. I think Carter Burwell has had better scores, but he has never been recognized for all those great scores. So if he wins, that would be awesome. I know his Carol score. Oh, God. Carol or Fargo, any of the Coen Brothers movies he's done are just incredible. Um, yeah, and three billboards. He was nominated. That was his last one, right? So, yeah. It would be great if he won and maybe there's a world where he can win, but I mean, they could just go everything everywhere because it's a steamroller because we'll we go to song here too, Joyce, while we're kind of speeding through these as we dragged on here for an almost over an hour, at least 
Uh, song was applause. Tell it like a woman. Congratulations, Diane Warren. My girl, she did, so she did it again. Hold my hand from Top Gun. Lift me up from Black Panther. Rihanna's first Oscar nomination, and Ryan Coogler an Oscar nominee here, uh, which is great for him. Uh, not to, not to, and this is a life from Everything Everywhere, which I was surprised by. Gets David Byrne an Oscar nomination and Mitski. So, yeah, that. Uh, I I only know one lyric from that song, and that's just like the clip they play when Michelle Yeoh and Kiki Kwan won their Globes <laughs> when they walked to the stage. <laughs> I feel like I have not listened to that song at all. I was like, not after, like in hindsight, obviously I'm not surprised because it overperformed, but uh, not expecting there. Chow Papa was, I think most people are expecting, but I guess it was a little too uh-huh. polarizing. Um. So what do you think Natu Natu can do it? Well, no, I don't know. I mean, I would like to think it could, but it's a low nominee, obviously. And like it, it's totally serving Husevic. It is. It really is. It feels like Husevic all over again because it's like the, it's not a novelty song, obviously, because it's a legitimate song and it's incredible in the movie, but it feels like the look at us, how cool we are to nominate this kind of thing. And then it won't win. But I don't know what's really stronger to win. I mean, honestly, everything everywhere would be the maybe is the strongest movie. So you could say maybe it wins there. I don't think the Lady Gaga song or the Rihanna song are strong enough. No. It'd be Top Gun, though, right? I don't know. It's what if Diane finally wins? She's like, she pulls a, a Paul Newman and a, a Spike Lee at your honorary. It would be amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know what to, I mean, I think, I don't even know what I had in first, but it was like, you know, who cares with nominations? I think so. I had RRR in first. I did have not to, not to in first because it's won like a lot of awards, but nothing from- Yeah, the but it's also the type of song that they would not award. Correct. So <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, for sound joys, this one, I think I got four out of the five because I went down with the Babylon ship. And I think that's an egregious snub, though not like a surprising snub, but it was All Quiet, Avatar, Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick so good for them uh uh yeah this i this is the one i i slotted in everything everywhere uh incorrectly for so um but i i i think top gun can win this and editing as uh so often those two categories mm-hmm. have been paired or just you know uh formerly you know one of the two sound categories what about elvis winning this in an editing um i don't think it would win i think editing is between top gun and everything everywhere yeah i think that's true but i could make the case elvis could win like you could definitely make the case for elvis and sound but i think they might just give sound to top gun right so i also think when bohemian rhapsody won all these tech awards and, and rami won the rest of the field was a lot weaker than it is this year Yes, you mean when it also won editing? Yes. But, like, I just don't, like, I don't think they're, like, everything ever in Top Gun feel much stronger than anything that Bohemian Rhapsody had to compete against in those categories. Um, It'd be, yeah, it'd be Black Panther and both. That, that was when it still had, they still had mixing and editing, so. Right. Uh, For visual effects, I got five out of five, I believe, but All Quiet, Avatar, The Batman, Black Panther, and Top Gun Maverick. I had the other Marvel film 
Doctor we talked, Strange. We talked Rob. about this, and the reason I went off Doctor Strange, even though the visual effects were better, was because I was like, Black Panther's the more beloved movie. And that was the only reasoning. And there we go. So uh, good list of nominees. I interviewed uh, some of these Black Panther nominees, including Jeffrey Bauman, Joyce. And Dan. Uh, well, I, I interviewed uh, Joe LaTerry and Frank Peltoid from Avatar and All Quiet. So. Wow. Way to go. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, so this is a congratulations to Avatar. I think seemingly would be a shock if Avatar didn't win. And then we're left with the shorts, I believe. That's it, right? So we had uh, animated short was The Boy, the Mole, The Fox, and the Horse, The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and an ostrich told me that the world is fake, and I think I believe it. And when we did our picks last week, you were like, Google is free. And so I took up your advice, and I made some changes on animated short. I ended up getting- What did you do? Did you get this right? I got four out of five. Wow. I had New Moon in there, which was, I think, one of the ones I expected to get in because I believe that's the Coleman Domingo one, and he was campaigning heavily for it, but it did mm-hmm. not get in. I had the other four. You thought he could be a, another Riz Ahmed. I definitely thought that, yeah. And, and again, Google was my friend because I was reading about these and also who was behind them, and I was like, oh, obviously, like all of these are like either past nominees, I believe, or like winners in the category previously, or the movie sounded like interesting. Anyway, I got four out of five. I think I got five out of five here. Let me look. Maybe. I, I got I decimated. Up. Let Doc, me look. Hang I on. I think you did too. Let me see. Because, yeah, when I did these a month ago, you I was just- You did get five Googling. out of five. Congratulations, yeah. Joyce. Yeah. That's why you end up with 78% and I end up with 75 <laughs> right there. That's one of the reasons. Uh, yeah. For- but, but like I said last week, um, one of the reasons, like besides just Googling and, and reading about these last month, um, I also picked an ostrich told me the world is fake and I think I believe it because just- the title alone. Got to go for it with the title. Yeah. Uh, for live action short, the nominees were An Irish Goodbye, Evolu, Les Pupelles, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. And this one, Joyce, uh, you got four. I got four, I think. I didn't have Night Ride. You had Warshaw instead. And in this one, I had uh, two out of the five. I went with Warshaw, The Right Words, and Nakam. Mm. Yeah, I think Nakam was in the top five and that was when i was like i'm not doing that and i'm doing evalu (laughs) it sounded like i'm gonna google this quick it sounded like uh live action this is um it just sounded like the a kind of movie that would get nominated like uh nakam was a 12 year old violin player is caught between a rock and a hard place when he's supposed to carry an attack out attack on several ss officers as part of a ukrainian partisan movement but finds out the plan will also endanger the life of his only friend. Felt like the kind of movie logline that would get an Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, why I, I just didn't do it because, like I said, I don't like doing the top five because I feel like the the top in the shorts are the the categories that people know the least about and have seen the least. So I feel like the top five in these categories calcify because mm-hmm. the early predictors just pick like some nominees, and I'm sure some of them have seen some of them. But then uh, like the followers, everyone who predicts subsequently are just like, oh, I don't know anything about these. I'll just predict a top five. And then for documentary short, Joyce, I ended up with three out of the five. I think um, I got one. Uh, you got one. <laughs> a lot of people were probably surprised by the the snub of 38 at the Garden, but the nominees were Elephant Whispers, Haul Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. And- I got three out of the five because I had, in addition to the, I had, um, well, you had Flag Makers, As Far As They Can Run, 30 at the Garden, Anastasia, and The Elephant Whisperers. 
and I had the flag makers and Anastasia as well. Um, but the, uh, just again, based on titles and filmmakers I went with and I was like, Oh, these sound like good 30 at the garden. Just, I was like, once I read the things, I was like, what are the odds this sports documentary is going to get nominated? And it seemed like pretty low. So that's why I dropped it out. So I got three out of the five in this. I was thinking about dropping something for the Martha Mitchell effect. I went with that because um, you know what people like politics. Cause I was like, <laughs> but then I was like, maybe if gaslit were bigger, <laughs> I was like, this is to make up for Gaslit. <laughs> this this is a an, an honorary mention for Julia Roberts. So um and that's it. Those are the 23 categories, I guess. Did we I don't think we missed anything. So like this has been going on for very long. But I would say uh, no no one's here anymore. I mean, they probably are. Maybe just to say what it, uh, you know how great we did. I don't know. Uh, just a great list, I'd say, of of nominees. Nothing again. We were talking like we were hoping for more wrong, I think. Like I remember when we left off last week, I was like, I feel like I'll get like 60%. The fact that I got like 75% to me feels like it was a pretty predictable year. Um Yeah, I always I always like to be more wrong and to have more surprises. And there are there were some good surprises today. I I would say I liked most of the surprises. Like Brian yeah. Tyree Henry. Um, woman talking in picture, yep. you know, Top Gun in adapted screenplay. <laughs> Those were good surprises. I think like the snubs were, you know, the snubs. And like we said, like, it felt like even when we were doing our predictions last week, it felt like there were in almost every category, there were like four or eight or nine in for best picture, but four out of five that seemed pretty set. And then that last spot was a very flexible one. And I think a lot of the people who got snubbed just missed, I would argue. They'll never release the vote totals, but it just feels like it wasn't, it wasn't like there was like a, a blowout in any of these categories. No, you know, they should release the vote totals once everyone is dead. So oh, that'd be so great. Imagine if they did that, like the J did they ever release the JFK files or whatever? I don't know if they, I think they keep putting it off. Uh, but they, they should release all of those things just all at once. They, they should do that for the hundredth anniversary of the Oscars in five years. <laughs> For the first Oscars, <laughs> um, that'd be amazing. I, so that I guess, like we said, like we have, we're not going to make our picks now. I guess we'll wait. Do that as a, a separate episode, Joyce, or our first picks, maybe. But uh, it feels like everything everywhere will do very well, based on the eleven nominations. Hard to imagine something beating it for Best Picture. I would say at this point. Yeah, it's hard to go against it right now. It um, overperformed in so many places. Yeah, I mean, I already had it in first. I'm like, it's not. I over. It I had it in didn't first. Change too. anything for me. <laughs> I had it in first too, but I'm also like, it, it did even better than I thought. I think a lot of people expected it to get like eight or nine nominations. That it had eleven is like, just blew out expectations. And so to me, that makes it even more of a best picture front runner at this point. Yeah, I would say, this is why I don't like phase two because it's just. You know, now we've just severed off like dozens and dozens of hopefuls. Their dreams right. are dashed. Right. And then now, you know, in a lot of these categories, we know who's going to win. Well, so we then do. it's like kind of boring. We um, do know, but I but, do think there is a lot of, there are some categories that we're not sure. No, but like, you know, hard. like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like once you're in phase two, it's like you have the nominees, like you're just down to five or 10 or whatever. Yeah. Then, and like, you just like, we know like what's going to happen supporting actor. Like the fun was trying to figure out the other nominees. Right. You know, now we're done. 
it feels like, like the film is trying to figure out the other i mean best actor different because like we we can still we still don't know who's going to win but it was like we're trying to figure out the fifth slot right and then we're trying to figure out what was going on with best actress and now like but we've always known it's between michelle yo and kate blanchett so right. it's it's just like everything is just getting narrower and narrower so that's why phase one is more fun it definitely is more fun. It's like when you get to the football playoffs, like this weekend is the NFC and AFC championship games choice. They're running out yeah, of games. I, I did not watch the Giants and Eagles game because I knew what was going to happen. So, so yeah, if I was ranking them right now, I'd say supporting actor and supporting supporting actor locked Q Kwan and Angela Bassett for supporting actors pretty locked. Like, visual effects say, done. <laughs> I would say best picture is underneath that in the terms of locks. And then I would say best director is underneath that. And then I think best actress and best actor, well, maybe best actress above best director and then best director and best actor are like the two that I'm like a little torn about at the moment, but everything else feels like it is solidified. Yeah. And then like, you know, as we move along, you'll, we'll have more awards and ceremonies and winners and losers. So then it'll be more clear, which is the whole point, but right. you know, that's why it's less fun. But I do think, um, you know, we have the nominations early in the count the the Oscar calendar because voting doesn't start until March. Right. So we have a whole month. So things can change because, you know, last year after nominations, like Power of the Dog got 12, even right. though it was always kind of like, can it actually win? Because we know it's like there are a lot of people who don't like it. And then Coda just, you know broke late after SAG and everyone's like oh this is a nice alternative that made me cry so we'll see what happens I mean like it's interesting it feels like a lot of this season has been like at least based on what we've seen in years past like the like everything everywhere was definitely positioned as like the underdog but everyone did it so early like we were already getting like the New York like Kyle Buchanan doing like the little movie that could piece in like November or October and it's like Usually that's reserved for now would be for like for Coda or Parasite or any of these other like little movies that could. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to like, I think there's not a lot of room for surprise, I guess. Like it would be like, what would be the movie that would usurp everything everywhere? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I mean, I think it and Banshees are top two, but I don't think I've never really pictured banshees winning i think i mean i'll make the case where so, top gun is second because i think it could win a pga and the screenplay nomination was big so i'd probably have top gun second yeah i mean top gun i think would play better on a preferential ballot than banshees uh banshees but just like in terms of just how they've performed overall i think like the top two um are everything are in banshees and then fablemans yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think the thought early on was that it was good for, even though like people were hyped about everything ever, like it was good that it uh, was not really heavily predicted to win yet because it could maintain that underdog status. But now it's very clearly the top dog. So I guess you could see if it's going to suffer any backlash. I don't mm -hmm. think it really will because I think people just love it. Yeah. Um, so, but that's, I think the one thing, or maybe, you know, now in like the next four weeks, people might watch more of these nominees and discover things. I, I don't know. It's like I said, like if this year is pretty top heavy, yeah. like we could have easily had 
seven nomination or seven best picture nominees mm-hmm. if it was the flex scale you know yeah. there was like a, a pretty obvious five if it were just five so i guess we'll yeah. see uh this was great joyce it was so much fun uh so i guess we'll talk again next week uh talk to you later bye for all things hollywood competition and award season head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at gold derby judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.